We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. You, you might have to pay attention to the sound stuff a little bit. Do you know how to run it? <laughs> nope, I don't. That's your job. I'm currently driving. I just make snarky <laughs> comments. That's all I do. That is my forte. Kyle's forte, snarky comments. I thought I was a loud mouth. You are a loud mouth. I didn't <laughs> say I was going to do... I didn't a loud mouth, the yeah, loud yeah. mouth. Yeah, I didn't say I was going to do an abundant amount of snarky comments. I was just going to, you know, pointed very specific. There you go. There you snarky go. comments. We have decided today... Got him. Killed it. Crushed it. Crushed it. We have decided today to do a podcast um, about scouting whilst scouting whilst like that word yeah (laughs) it's not word of the day material or anything no it's a good word it's a good word um so yeah we are we are out scouting so you can probably hear this crappy ass board now let's not get let's not get all touchy there boss um you just got louder i don't know what happened i did get louder that's cool i wonder if i'm all plugged in right here I'm sure that the people are loving it. They're oh, like, there's some elk right there. Yep, there are. There are. There's some elks. Some elkies. Yeah. Um, are we still in Colorado or are we in New Mexico? Mm, I think we're in Colorado now. Here, roll the window down. Get you a picture. I'm trying to. We can use it for the cover of the uh, of the release. Oh, nice. Do you hear the click click? <laughs> there it is. Do you hear the click click? I hear the click click. Hear the click click. It's a clickety click click. I like it. So, we are um, out scouting for elk. Found some elk. Found some elk. I haven't seen a bull yet, but I would like to. Um, but more importantly... Yeah, give me that skyline shot. The skyline shot. People, are, The peoples are like... The peoples... Dead air, guys. Dead the air. peoples demand the skyline shot. I like it. <laughs> anyway... So, we're out scouting for an elk hunt, and I uh, thought, that, that thought that would be the focus of this week's podcast, is scouting. Um, not necessarily specifically for elk, but just scouting in general. Um, and of course, like I say, we're out scouting, we're out driving around. and It's amazing technology, isn't it? Right. We can actually um, scout and podcast while we're scouting. That's I know, right? Good one right there. I know. Oh yeah, likes, likes. Um, there, so there's there's lots to scouting, right? There's there's um, there's looking for animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's looking for specific spots. Um, there's there's all kinds. There's, you can go out and look for water. You know, you, you can do it on foot. You can drive. What we're doing today, specifically, is learning an area. Ground truthing. Uh, ground truthing, yep. So I've done a lot of e-scouting mm-hmm. already in this area. Um, actually found some elk. Um, You're pretty good at that. Google Earth. <laughs> um, 
in the area where not just elk. No, a herd and a herd a bull. of cows and a bull. Yeah, uh, and it's really cool that you, that you can see that it's a bull because you can't necessarily see the antlers on the elk um, in the, the aerial in, from the aerial uh, like the actual antlers, but what you can see is the shadow of yep. the antlers, and it's very um, obvious uh, when you look at at that elk that it is a bull because of the the shadow of the antlers it's really freaking cool um but so we come out here to like you said to ground truth that i have not been physically in this area um so after e-scouting and and looking at so much stuff um on google earth uh in this unit where i'm hunting um then we come out to ground truth to to drive the roads to kind of a couple of things you know how long does it take to get from here to there how long does it take me to get out to that location um you know all all factors that will come up uh throughout this hunt um cool that we saw some elk yeah not not what this trip was about no but i mean we did we did see we didn't see any bulls. Nope. We did see some cows, which means there's going to be elk. Yep. You know, bulls coming into this area. Yep. Um, we have uh, ground truthing is really important, specifically for roads, because as we all know, um, depending on how old the the imagery in Google Earth is, it may show a clearing where there was a road mm-hmm. or. Uh, is a road, but mm-hmm. until you get out there, you don't know what condition that road is in, and you don't know whether or not that road's even open. Yeah. Um, so it's really important to do that, and in, in my opinion, one of the most important things going from e-scouting to ground truthing, um, hey, back in New Mexico, um, is... That depth perception. You don't get it from the aerial. Yes. And you, so you may look at a spot and say, man, that looks really good. And then you get out there and it's on, you know, it's a nice, clear, open area, but it's on the side of a hill at like a 12-degree yeah. grade. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's, yeah. there may be elk there, but they're not going to, you know, I'm, I may not be able to get to them or whatever it is. Yeah. And it, it, a perfect example of that is just what we just went and looked at at the Generally, what I've found is going from e-scouting to ground truthing is uh, the country that you're looking at with your eyes is typically steeper than what you think it is from, uh, from Google, Google Earth. Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that was the case today. Uh, I, I love the area that we scouted. It is definitely steeper than what it looked like on uh, Google Earth. But it's also so. Now, on the flip side of it, when you look at it on Google Earth, you're seeing canopy. Yep. And the the area that we're at is, it has, there's been a lot of, of work done to it, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, thinning. Yep. And so it has been restored to kind of a classic uh, ponderosa savanna understory, meaning yep. that you got these tall ponderosa pines with some oak brush and, you know, Forbes grasses. Uh, underneath it but the understory is fairly clear and you can see through a lot of it and so yep. you can't see that from the aerial all you're seeing is canopy yep. uh, whereas it looks, a lot thicker. It, lo- it looks a lot thicker and so you get down here on the ground and you get underneath it and you're like Poof. 
this is this is amazing. I can I can probably see elk coming, get set up way in advance, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know we're talking about elk, but uh, whatever it is, um, it it helps you get that idea of okay, this opens up what I thought was yep. here. We knew there were some good meadows. We knew there were some good uh, areas that elk were likely to be in, um, but it also gives you an idea. Uh, of how those ridges and valleys come together and where saddles are. Yeah. You don't, you, oftentimes you don't get to see where those saddles are off the imagery. Yeah. Especially, it's, it's especially the subtle ones. Especially yeah. the subtle ones. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff is a lot harder to find. Um, stuff like that. You can, you know, because you can do the ground view, but I don't know how accurate all of that is. Um, but like you said, specifically the subtle, subtle stuff, you miss it if you don't ground truth it. If you don't go out there, you know. Um, and most important, what I mean, what did we see on the ground today? Lots of sign. Crap load of sign. Crap load of tracks. And you're not going to get that. You're no. not going to get that from the arrow. No. No, you can find the elk. You can find the elk. <laughs> you can find the elk. But here we are, you know, a month away from yeah. uh, from from season, at least archery season, for mm-hmm. elk specifically, uh, and you're seeing sign in that area. It doesn't yeah. mean that they'll move out, but the other thing that we looked at, we've gotten a lot of rain, so the grass is great. Yes. Um, there's dirt ponds that have got water full. There's water in the rocks along the along the ledges and the rock outcroppings. And so we know, not with a certainty, but with a fair amount of understanding that there's actually no reason for these animals really to go anywhere. No, there's not. And, you know, something that, you know, I noticed in, in scouting traps, scouting trips that me and you have done in the past um when we see water one of the first things that we do is we stop and we go walk around the water and we look at the tracks and there's a bull right there oh yeah yep, there's a bull and he is Don't not go. going to wait around stay i want to take your look picture at his, look at his whales nice. yeah yeah that was a decent bull oh, no pictures sorry people he did not want to Stick around. Hang around. I'll keep this camera out just in case. A little bit of action on the podcast, yeah. Guy. It's getting uh, getting to be that magic hour, so I'll just yeah, keep this is. camera out. It is, yeah. Um, where was I? <laughs> I? I'm afraid that we're going to have a lot of that uh, when we, coming out of here. When we go oh, and find water. Yeah, so we find water, and one of the first things that we do is we get out, because it usually it's, it's scarce. We've had so much rain this year. There's wet everywhere. I mean... These elk can probably get all the water they need just from the grass that they're eating in the morning <laughs> because it is so wet everywhere, right? Yep. Um, so we didn't even look at water today. No. Nope. We didn't stop at any tanks. We didn't look at any water. Of course, they're everywhere. They're every, every five feet, there's a puddle of water. Um, and being this close to hunt season, mid-September, you know, I don't foresee... Um, that changing no i don't it, it, it I, just i don't think there's any way it can change even if it even no. if it turned hot now um 
those water sources are not going to dry up in that amount of time. No. And looking at the forecast, it has pretty much no intention of no. stopping anytime soon. No, no, it doesn't. So, I mean, that's good and bad. I mean, it's great for the country. It's great for the elk. You know, we're going to see some good growth. Uh, you're not going to have that. Um, that was a good 300-inch bull there. He was, yeah. He was a good one. Yeah, and, and, you know, a lot of seasons what you'll see is... Like if you have a lot of early rains, you'll have a lot of early growth and then a lot of late dry season in the in the end. And so your early growth will be really good, and then it'll peter, out. It'll peter out, and you'll have some sh- some short uh, some shorter tops. Um, or the opposite, it can be really dry at the beginning, and then wet later, and um, you know, you can see that in antler growth, but uh, this year I'm I'm hoping that since it's been so wet all year long that we've got good antler growth throughout. But it does make it harder because you're 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 really not going to sit on water. Yeah, you're not. You know, um, but man, there's some good elk out here this year. Yep. Um. Kind of one of the other things that that was good for us to to see coming out and ground truthing was um, really just the I mean you were talking about how it's so wet and, and everything mm-hmm. um, the ground. The, the the way that you're out and about in the woods is mm-hmm. so soft because there's so much grass the ground is wet yep. the all the sticks in the in the dead you know the dead stuff the duff that's laying around is yep. all wet and so mind you you know we got a month to where yep. month, month or so month and a half to where it could dry out but for the most part it's going the ground's going to hold that moisture yep it is and um, the grass is going to probably hold that moisture. I don't see it curing, you know, extremely fast within that time period. Yeah. And so you can kind of expect that you're going to have, uh, rather than a dry, crunchy, dusty mm-hmm. um, type of type of stocking conditions, you can, especially down in the riparian areas, down yeah. in the draws and things like that, you can expect you're going to have... Uh, some great stocking conditions. Yes, nice good soft, and soft. Um, Now, having said that, uh, it also it also brings us back to a conversation about uh, about things like gear. Um, you know, yeah. So, uh, how quiet is is your are your pants? How quiet how quiet are the the clothes that you're going to take mm-hmm. out there? Because um, there's a lot of forage out there. Yep. Uh, and so it's gonna, you know, it's gonna, we, yeah. we were out there, it was probably need to, to waste high in places. Yeah. And, and that, and that helps because there's several things like that I know now that I'm definitely taking, you know, my good waterproof gators. Yep. Uh, you know, we talked about that when we were walking out there, that's, that's just going to be a must. Um, like you said, it's super soft. Um, we're not going to be walking around on tortilla chips out there. That's good. Um, but you, like you said, 
when you're talking about your gear and now I've been out here, I've had my boots on the ground. Um, I know that in the, in the past and previous years, there might've been times where I didn't put an emphasis on waterproofing my boots before I went out there. Yeah. That's going to be a huge uh, emphasis this year, man. I cannot see a single thing here. Um, <laughs> you're because, because like you said, it's going to be so wet in the mornings. You're just going to be soaked from the knees down, uh, maybe even higher this year because of how tall the brush is. But now I know absolutely 100% I've got to make sure that my boots are waterproof before I hit the field. Yep. Otherwise, I'm going to be miserable. Once you your feet are miserable, it, it can make a hunt miserable really quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so th- that's why scouting is so crucial, though. I mean... It doesn't mean if you can't go scout, you can't go hunt, right? Right. That's that's we've been on plenty of hunts where we've never set foot in the country or anything like that, and um, I'm never going to not go hunting because I didn't go scout. But scouting it, it increases your odds, it increases your knowledge, and just helps with the overall success of a hunt. And I'm not even just talking about getting an animal. But I'm just enjoying a hunt because I've got a spot picked out. So I have a plan, and I'm excited. I'm not just sitting here going, man, I wonder what I'm going to do, you know. And then when I get out here, um, if you don't, when you when you go hunting, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have, like, this strategy um, of I'm going to go here, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to spend a day or two here, and then go day two here it can really start to play in your mind, right? You go out, you have zero preparation, you have, you know, you haven't done any scouting, you don't know the country, you go out, you spend a day, you spend another half a day, you haven't seen a single animal, and that can start creeping into your mind. Turkey, turkeys. Um, That can really start creeping into your mind and start playing tricks on you. Get some pictures. A little bit of click, click. Try to. A a click, click on the click, click. (laughs) <laughs> the grass is taller than the, the grass turkeys. Is taller than turkeys. <laughs> All you can see is heads. <laughs> Let's see if they'll come out the other side. Well, they're they're coming out, but you can still barely just see them. I know. I know. It's hilarious. But anyway, you know, it can start to mess with your mind if you don't if you don't have a plan in place and a backup plan. Um, and after today, after driving around, I have a plan and I have a backup plan. A bit more click, click. More click, click. I like how you can hear that click, click. Cool. <laughs> you know, so having a plan, it, it not only does it increase your odds out there in the field, but it increases your um, confidence. Before yes. you ever get out there. Yeah. And, you know, you you clearly, I say clearly, we gear this podcast towards those who may have not hunted uh, at all or are new to hunting. Yeah. So I'm not going to say clearly. You have to be flexible. Yeah. Um, best laid plans, right? Yeah. Uh, that, the, the, saying, the saying holds true. I don't know how many times that you and I have laid out a plan of, uh, this is how we're going to attack this, mm-hmm. and uh, even if we've scouted the area, this is how we're going to go about mm-hmm. it. I mean, 
that that two bee hunt is probably one of the, the the our first two bee hunt was probably one of our biggest one of the greatest examples of that. So we had a plan. This is how we're going to do this. And I don't even think we ever made it to the the original area that we wanted to hunt whenever we did the e-scouting and whenever we talked to the game warden and they yeah. said, hey, this is a good area. I don't think we ever made it there. We did not. Because there were so many deer in so many places, um, our plans changed. We had to be flexible. Yeah. Um, now, that, that, be, that being said, that, that, that went the other way for us because yeah. there we we didn't settle on a plan and so it kind of pulled us in every every direction that it possibly could whereas if i think if we had stuck to a plan we probably would have been a little bit more successful on that hunt we might have <laughs> i was just going about to bring that up because even even like on that hunt when we would see a deer we would lay a plan out and we would start working that plan to get to that deer right and we run across deer we would see another deer and we'd be like oh let's go get that one yeah that was closer or so yeah yeah it's but so yeah so even even sticking to your plan you know can help but like i said that confidence thing it's a real deal i don't know how many hunts i've been on where day three day four day five you just start to get beat down if you're not having success if you're not seeing animals it it gets a little harder to wake up every morning um, and get out there and keep going. Uh, but if you have those plans and you and you, you know you know I, I'm going to go to this spot. I'm going to spend two or three days there. I'm going to work it really hard. And if I don't see anything or am I not seeing any sign, then I'm going to uh, shift and do this. Yeah. That six was it six C six A six, six C, C hunt that we did. Yeah. Um, that one's easy to remember. That, yeah, Six that C one will not be seeing me again. Yeah. Um, that one, you know, we, we had those plans in place. And had we not had those plans in place, I think we probably wouldn't have made it as far into the hunt as we did, <laughs> even though we bailed early. Um, because, I mean, we were just seeing nothing. nothing. It was nothing. just no sign, no footprints, no scat, nothing. Um, but the funny part of that, the funny, and, and again, this is where you learn from each and every single mm-hmm. hunt that you do because, um, you know, we did that podcast kind of after, after that hunt and we were all a little bit, um, we were all a little bit frustrated because we weren't seeing anything. Well, turns out we weren't, we weren't in the right area, um, and now, you know, it's been, what, a year or two years? Yeah. I would consider putting back in for that, but I know exactly where I would be going. Yeah. And, but that's, and, and that comes back to the planning yeah, stuff. That, that, and, and we did plan for that hunt, though. We weren't able to get out there and scout before we went on that hunt. Yeah. But we did do a lot of e-scouting. And the areas that we e-scouted and that we decided to hunt were great areas. Yeah. We just and there was a ton of anything. there was a ton of old sign. Yeah. Uh, and it was a muzzleloader hunt, right? Yep. Muzzleloader hunt, and so we were seeing sign from a month what ago. would have been the archery hunts. Yeah. We were seeing sign from what would have been the archery hunts. There was just absolutely no fresh sign. And so, yeah, it, it took some adjusting. Uh, it got a little frustrating. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's, I mean, that's part and parcel yeah. to the hunting experience. And, and hopefully you're building on that every single time. And, yeah. Uh, like I said, at this point in time, I would I would consider putting in for it again just because I I know I, we, what to expect. Yeah, definitely because we've been there before. Yep. Um, an interesting thing about that one, <clears throat> even on a hunt like that, uh, um, it, it's early October. But I think generally, any time you go elk hunting, you're expecting you, you have this unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Of elk bugling and hearing them and being yep. able to find them that way which cracks especially, me up because especially, when we go hunting, especially if you have experienced it yes and but when you, when you everybody hunting, it doesn't and, and let me let me finish that yeah. thought before we talk about deer hunting everybody has this picturesque idea of what elk hunting is and if you ask anybody about what would be your ideal elk hunt it is the elk bugling in the aspens, you know, mm-hmm. on a, you know, frosty fall morning, morning, you know, blah, blah, blah. In reality, there's very few people get to, get to actually do that kind of hunting. And um, a very small percentage of people actually harvest elk that way. Yeah. Um, especially here in New Mexico because elk are across such a wide variety of landscapes in New Mexico. Yeah. And a, a lot of the times, a lot of that activity is happening at night because it's typically warmer here in New Mexico. Yeah. Um, coming back to talking about yeah, deer hunting, but when you when you're you you have that expectation when you go elk hunting, right? You're yep. you're you're envisioning that um, elk bugling and you calling it in, and that being the way that the hunt happens. You know, it's not this spot and stalk mentality or even the ambush mentality. Um, because that's the that's the thought process of elk hunting. We don't have that when we go deer hunting, yet we have zero problems going deer hunting. So sometimes you kind of need to get that out of your head, that this is the way it's going to go. You know, that you're going to go up first morning and, like you said, the you know, misty early morning uh, elk bugling right in your face and comes right up to you and you shoot them at 12 yards. Um that's like you said that's not the way it goes and it's not what we expect with deer hunting we go deer hunting expecting full well that we're going to have to find them stalk them move in on them ambush them whatever um but when it comes to elk that's that's the thought yeah that's the thought process um and it is an interesting thought process simply because um you know as much as i hate to say it um the the TV media world mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part what you see as far as elk hunting is that it's that it it it, it burns that kind of imagery in your mind because that's mm-hmm. what they're showing because that's what's exciting yeah um, there's it, there's not a whole lot of hunts that you see on any hunting show uh, I've seen a few but the vast majority of them are, you know, archery, um, where they're coming into, you know, bugling, coming in and showing kind of that majestic um, yeah. imagery that you that you associate with it. Um, less less so do you see the late season hunts where you know they're 
shooting a bull across the canyon yep. with a rifle or something like that. Uh, versus mule deer hunting, that's how they show it on TV because yeah. that's how it is. There's no yeah. bugling season. There's, right. You know, the, their rut season is typically, in, you know, down here is typically late November, early December. And there's very few people who actually get to hunt the rut. Yeah. Uh, and so they, you know, they don't do the, the the bugling or anything like that. And so that's not how you associate it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just another one of those things where you get, you get out there and it, it'll it'll break you down because you're not seeing the stuff that you're wanting to see. And, and, uh, and I can imagine, especially as, even especially as, a, and especially as a new hunter. Yeah. Um, because you probably do have that. We all, like you said, we all have that unrealistic expectation. But even more so, uh, probably as a new hunter, uh, if if you've done any, spent any time in the media world uh, in the hunting industry, because that's what's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to scouting. <laughs> um, it, it's important if you can do it. It, it is. The information that you can get from it is just it's wildly important. Yeah. Um, ground truthing what you do on the e-scouting. If, if you can't do anything else, do the e-scouting um, because that is just so simple. It's, it's super simple. Bring up Google. Um, go to your unit. Look around. Find yeah. roads. Find parks. Find ridges. All of that good stuff. Um, but if you can, then go ground truth. Um, that's what we did today. We went out and we done some ground truthing. And the next step after that is now to start getting on your feet. Um, start finding animals. Start, you know, you, you've driven the roads. You know the roads that are going to get you here and get you there. Um, you can find you a camping spot. All of that good stuff. But now you, the next step, if you can is to get boots on the ground and get out there in the trees. Yeah. You know, get out there, walk the ridges, learn where the game trails are, learn, um, you know, look for sign. That That's the most important thing. You, do, you don't always have to see the animals, but finding that sign, finding fresh sign will, it'll boost your confidence. And confidence is, it really is key. I've, I've learned throughout my hunting life that practicing with your weapon be it a bow a muzzleloader a rifle whatever having confidence in your equipment helps Mm -hmm. immensely uh because you feel like you can do it it's that it's that you know that final moment the culmination of everything is when you're pulling that trigger and you know that the arrow or the bullet is going to go where you're telling it to go right yep um that's that confidence thing and Scouting, that's that's what it does, is it increases that confidence, that, that belief that you're going to go out there and succeed. And you can't just have that belief because you can go out there and think, yeah, I'm going to go. Everybody thinks that they're going to go kill a big old 2 hundo or a big old 4 hundo when they leave the house, right? Yep. That's what everybody believes. Well, and at least everybody dreams that. Yeah. Well, most, most, I, I don't know. I, I, that's what I believe. When I, when I leave the house to go hunting, that's... That's all I've thought about. Yep, I'm going to go kill me a big old stud. <laughs> I believe that's going to happen every time. And by doubt, about day four, you're usually like, yep, that's not going to happen. Where's little Forky? <laughs> Where's my little two-by-two? And see, I'm, I'm probably on the opposite <laughs> on the opposite spectrum. I, I tend to go out thinking, 
here's my goal. I, I you know I want to take something that bit, that's bigger than yeah, what I you, took last time, but um, realizing that you know there there's a there's a certain percentage of people that don't that come home. There's a large percentage of people that come home with nothing. That being said, it doesn't make me any less confident. I'm confident in my ability. Yeah. Um, uh, but I I tend to think that that if you had a choice, you, you should lean towards Rodney's style thinking. Well, yeah. So <laughs> there's there's a lot of people. Both of our wives are good are are bad about this. They they. It's a thick black cloud through and through, no silver lining. That way, and, and when you're disappointed, they say, then, I told you so. Yeah, and then there's no disappointment. I don't mind being, to me, it's not a disappointment. It's just a different outcome than I would hope for. Yeah. But it's not, that doesn't mean it has to be disappointing. Yeah. You know? Um, so me, I'm, I'm, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of how I look at it. If I don't go kill that big O two hundo, which I never have, <laughs> so be it. Um, but it's that confidence, you know. You prepare for it, yeah. envision it over and over again, and there is go out there and do the work. Then when you are put in that position, you you're I don't know want to say that you're more experienced because you've no, never but been you, in the position, but you, but have, you have it in your you head. You have that mentality. There's yeah. uh, there's some there's some science behind you know having having your mind can't go to a place yeah. that it's never been. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, there's certain things that you can do to get it as close as it can possibly be to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there's, uh, there. If your mind has never been there, if your mind has never even thought about standing there, full draw on a two hundo, your mind is not going to know what to do when no. you get there. No. Now I can speak from experience too that my mind has been there a lot. <laughs> I have envisioned the big O two hundo standing in front of me, broadside at thirty two yards. A thousand times, and I can guarantee you, if that ever happens, I will still shit myself. <laughs> uh, I have I have taken tornado mode a long ways from from when we started, Kyle. Um, but it's still there. I, the, the excitement just has never went away for me, uh, and I get a. A good animal. It doesn't even have to be a good animal, dude. It could be just a little bitty freaking dink. And I still just get excited, <laughs> you know. Um, maybe I need to switch to you and just start imagining shooting in that all the time because that's really more realistic. <laughs> shooting what? The smaller oh, animals, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm always envisioning the big O2 hundo. So when little bitty one steps out in front of me, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, if your mind never went there. <laughs> Valid point. Valid point. So, um, but anyway, yes, I mean, scouting does so much. We, It's talked about all the time, you know, the different things to look for. You know, if you're scouting for elk, looking for... Um, Looking for scrapes, rubs, sign, um, wallers, all of that different stuff. We we talk about that. 
and we talk about the importance of finding all of that kind of stuff. Man, that was loud. We talk about the importance of finding all that kind of stuff and putting a plan together and doing this and that and the other. But to me, it, it goes right back to that. It goes back to the importance of confidence and having confidence. And if you've been out there, you've been on the ground, you've seen some animals, you've seen some sign, you know where you're going, you know how to get there, you know how to get back, you know where you're going to park, you know where you're going to camp. Um, when you when you put all of this together and you know all of these things, and then it helps you it helps you put together a plan in your mind and it helps you execute that plan with confidence and with that confidence to me it just comes better success and i don't again that better success is not just about getting a bigger animal or getting an animal it's just about enjoying the hunt and knowing that you did everything that you could do yeah that <coughs> that that idea, that <clears throat> thought process of enjoying the hunt, of making it, and that's really where kind of scouting comes in. You're, you're just trying to make it, give yourself better odds and make it mm-hmm. as good of a hunt as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, really, that, that that's what it kind of boils down yeah. to. And when you get to the part of, when you get to the part of, um, getting out there in the in the woods and walking around and rather than just driving around and doing the ground proofing like we were doing today when you get out there and you get to walking and you see animals and you start okay I'm going to get a little closer it's also practice yeah absolutely you know and there's no that I don't care what you're doing there's nothing there's no substitute for practice no and just learning how to walk around out in the woods and not make noise is important. And so that's another factor uh, of scouting that is so important. You know, where are the boots that you're going to hunt in when you go scouting? And you'll learn real quick. Are they going to give me blisters? Are they going to leak? Do I need to waterproof them more? Uh, yeah, well, and and it kind of gives you a jump on it. You know, I've I always notice first day or so that I'm hunting and if I haven't been out in the woods in a while I I notice how loud I am mm-hmm. I notice how loud I am and it takes you know very specific mental um, preparation and mental coaching uh, to myself to say alright you need to take softer steps you need to be looking for mm-hmm. Um, you know, softer pieces of dirt to step on, uh, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, if you if you can uh, understand, everybody can't understand. You know, whatever type of scouting you can do is going to be beneficial. But if you could do those three kind of stages—the e-scouting, the ground truthing, and then the the actual target-specific scouting. Um, that is going to better prepare you for the actual hunt because you will have been that that target specific scouting yeah is going to be close to the time that you're going to hunt and so you're going to understand what those what the 
environmental conditions are going to be like. Mm-hmm. They're going to be very similar. Um, and it puts you in that mindset. And when you're yep. out there about, out and about and crunching around, be like, hey, i got to be more quiet. Yeah. And another factor to that is just a point that you just brought up. You know, when you, you can do these at, at separate points of the season, right? Yeah. So in a perfect world, you know, if I was to create the perfect plan for a hunt, right, what's going to happen is we find out early or late spring early yeah late spring when we when if we drew a tag right correct camping season i mean you know it's it's gets to that time where it's time to go camping you know go camping where you're gonna hunt yeah you know and take your hunting gear and wear it when you're walking around the woods so you you can learn okay these pants make too much noise or this backpack rubs on my left shoulder you know you can figure all that stuff out when you're scouting right but go camping in that area learn the roads learn um the good camping spots learn how to get to specific places learn how long it takes you to get to those places learn how to avoid certain places exactly and then and at that time you're not looking for animals right you're just not because the animals that are there now are not going to be there later. And the animals that are not there now are probably going to be there later. Yeah. Um, and that's a factor. So as you go on through the season, you go camping in your area a couple of times, walk the ridges. Don't worry about looking for those animals, but just walk the ridges. Learn where the saddles are. Learn where the game trails are. Look for old sign. You know, um, look for sheds. You know, shed hunting is a great way to find out uh, about an area now don't don't pick up a great big old uh, seven by seven shed and think oh this is where i'm gonna kill this bull because that bull was there in uh, february and march does not mean he's gonna be there in september correct um but it does help you learn the areas right and it helps you learn uh movement patterns exactly it, it helps you learn uh, you know, the, the more you can learn about an animal and its behavioral patterns, the the better hunter you're going to be. Yeah. So um, even in the off-season, yes, that bull may not be, if they shed that antler there, they may not be there. But their habits and the way that they use terrain is going to be very similar. Uh, you yeah. basically have four habitat, you know, components, food, water, space, and shelter. And so they use those pretty much the same all the time yep uh excluding extreme inclement weather yep yeah so it's super important it's not something that's necessary to go hunting like we said earlier but it, it is super helpful and can make a hunt more successful and um can make you a better outdoorsman yep Absolutely. It's, all got. it's just fun to be outside. Yeah, it's fun to be outside. <laughs> it's always good. Grab a buddy. Uh, go play around in the woods. Chase squirrels. Look at turkeys. Shoot a camera instead of a rifle for a little while. Click, click. Clickety, click. Then later, boom, boom. Then later, boom, boom. That's it. That's the thing. So, um... Yeah, I had a lot of fun this afternoon. It's something I've been needing to do. It's, yeah. it's been good to get out. I've been stuck in training and, and doing computer work, and so getting out and about 
yeah. out on my feet. Yeah, it's also been hard to get out and about with all the dang rain. Yeah. <laughs> not going to cuss it. Can't no, cuss it. not cussing it. I, I would never, never do that or wish that it would stop. But, Lordy, it, it, has been, it has been a wet season. And that's another thing, a point that we didn't even talk about, right? When we went on that 2B hunt, there was things that people said that people told us, right? And that's a part of scouting, yeah. right? A part of scouting is talking to other people. Yeah. Talking to the game wardens, talking to the locals, and finding out about an area. Talking to people that have hunted there before, right? And a lot of people told us about the roads in 2B. But until you actually experience something yourself, you don't know. Yeah. And so we've had a lot of rain. It rained today. We were worried about the roads, but it wasn't something that stopped us because guess what? It's something that we needed to know. Yeah. You know? In fact, I was... Can we get through these roads? That's what... I mean, that's what I texted you. I said, man, uh, I hope we can get there. And you were exactly right in your response and saying that there's a good likelihood it could rain while I'm hunting. So I need to know what the roads are like. Yep. And so now we know. Yep. Yeah, now we know. It's 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 all a part of it. You know, I mean, I don't know how, how often you're hunting in the rain. It's just It just happens a lot, especially in September bow hunts, right? Shoot your bow in the rain. If you didn't plan on shooting tonight, but all of a sudden you get a little light shower, grab your bow, run out, and just throw three arrows. Just see what it does. Yep. Because if you're in that if you're in that spot and and you've got a good bull at 20, 30, 40 yards, you you're gonna need to know. Okay, can I still shoot out to 50 yards? It, it's the same thing. It's it's all just practice. I know. When Every you, ounce of it is just practice. When, yeah. I mean, you remember when we talked to to Coach Joe G. Mm-hmm. Uh, those cold, frosty mornings, um, he said, first thing he does when he gets to the place he's going to hunt, not when he, not when he's out and hunting, when he gets to the place he's going to hunt, is he cracks that bow back mm-hmm. and takes that takes that first morning creek out of it. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Same type of thing. Um, know, know what your equipment does in kind of all different types yep. of weather that you would actually hunt in. Yep. And that's the scouting. That's that's all it is. It's it's just another um, layer of preparation uh, for a hunt. It's no different than practicing you know, with your equipment, or no different than exercising and trying to get into shape. It's it's all a part of it. It's just preparation. You're supposed and to do that. Every huh? Yeah. <laughs> we don't do that so much. Fitness. Um, fitness pizza in my mouth. Um. But, yeah, we don't do that, but we also both recognize that if we did, it would help us be better hunters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, th- th- we recognize that, we know that, and then we just choose not to do it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not a, I'm, I don't like working out. Um, to me, a workout is what we just did. Let's yeah. go hunting and let's hike a ridge. Or go scouting and hike a ridge. Excuse me. Um, that's about the most working out you're going to get from me. <laughs> um but we do recognize the importance of it, and we've had several people on the podcast that, that stress the importance of it. Yeah. It's just something we're not going to do. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's practice. Practice, practice. Yep, yep. That's, as far as I'm concerned, it's a good podcast. Good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, babe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad view either. No, that's a great view right there. Can't complain. Um, 
good, good view. Uh, looking forward to the upcoming season. Looking forward to uh, we're going to be doing some more scouting for antelope mm-hmm. uh, with our Hunt It Forward participants. Yep. Uh, and I Touche just, uh, and Mike. If you guys get a chance, I don't think it's out yet. Um, he'll let me know when it is, but uh, I did a Rodney. Sorry, what supposed to, but I did a podcast with backcountry rookies, um, and we talked all about all about pronghorn hunting. Um, talked about scouting. Talked about gear. Talked about special tips and tricks. Um, and it was a good podcast. So we'll uh, whenever it comes out, we'll link it. Um, yep. And you guys go check them out as well. So yep, yep. I like it. That's all I got. That's all I got, man. All right. All right. Thanks for joining, guys. Adios. Adios. Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.